coming up in the next episode. I don't think any, um, you know, any honest person can can stand up and say that there there wasn't a an element of privilege to you know to growing up in that specific time. Um, it, even more so if you if you're from a specific background. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another interesting episode of The Turning Points with myself, Tsepo. I'm on the line with John Rath. John Rath. John is a product professional, father and a husband. Welcome to The Turning Points uh, podcast, John. And thank you so much for giving us your time this evening. Tsepo, uh, thanks a lot for having me, brother. Um, oh. it's, uh, it's, it's always good chatting to you and, uh, you know, so much more so on a on a podcast and uh, especially in the in the current context that uh, we find ourselves in yeah i mean quite quite a, a moment i know and you and i have had you know a very storied if you will um friendship over the years but i know you as john ruff a product professional a business analyst a passionate footy and everything else but what do you how do you introduce yourself? What do you call yourself? <laughs> oh, you know, this is uh, this is one of those uh, questions I hate. This is like writing about yourself in the, in the third person. Um, Don't you just hate that? Eh? <laughs> uh, you know what, brother? I like to I like to think of myself as as just a normal guy. You know, I'm uh, I'm passionate about life. I uh, I believe in in second chances. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I'm a father, husband, and uh, I guess for all my sins, I'm an, uh, a massive Arsenal fan. Um, you know, I'm quite, quite big on the football. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm the, you know, I'm the guy that likes sitting around a fire with, uh, you know, a bunch of strangers talking about football and life. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, I mean, w- where did John grow up? I, I know right now you're sitting in Cape Town, but are you a Cape Town native? If, is that where you were born? No, no, um, no. I've uh, I've tried to avoid the windy city for many years, um, yeah. and uh, eventually life uh, life worked out in my wife's favour. Um, <laughs> she's been pushing this agenda for many years, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, no. I um, I'm I guess I'm a bit of a paradox. I don't think uh, you know many people will uh, will guess will guess at this when they meet me or when when they see me. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm your typical white Afrikaans boy, but uh, I actually grew up on a farm in a, in a really small, um, pretty crappy town uh, in the heart of the Free State. So oh. yeah, born and born and bred, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I've uh, I've clearly clearly gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're living in in one of the best cities in the world. Um, quite 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 beautiful vistas, as 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 you know. But let's let's get a little bit into your 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 farm farm upbringing. Were you guys farming? What were you guys farming in your farm? Um, so uh, so so very small. Um, uh, lots of stuff around that. Um, I guess we were we were very lucky, as um, as I think a lot of um, you know a lot of uh, my I want to say cultural counterparts are in that. Um, you know we've uh, we've got a. A farm that's been passed down through the generations, okay. um, but due to financial financial constraints, my my dad was never actually able to, you know, properly and actively farm it. So uh, we used to always, I guess, my my dad used to always, um, you know, be involved as a as a sort of a foreman or, um, you know, caretaker of um, of other um, sort of higher or bigger commercial farms. 
Okay. Um, but we had some small stuff going, some, you know, just crop and, um, you know, the typical stuff, crop and a little bit of cattle and sheep here and there. Um, okay. Like a period of five or six years, we had a, a pretty successful um, chicken chicken business going. Right. Um, you know, slaughtered, slaughtered chickens. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I guess the, the typical farm story that you hear from most people. Right. I mean, how would you characterize that childhood um, on a farm? Hmm. You know what? Um, it's interesting because I think as 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 life goes on, you you, you get different perspective, right? You you sort of I think you start seeing the the, the forest for the trees, um, the, the tree for the forest. I think you you just you know you get a, a bit of a bird's eye view. But uh, I I definitely say that I was very privileged in that sense. Yeah. Um, I think especially the world we live in nowadays, where you know there's so much. So much expansion, so much you know investment and development and things. Um, the, the peculiar situation we all find ourselves now in, um, you know, being stuck in our homes and our yards. Um, you know, I, there's nothing that I miss more than the the freedom and the the space and the you know exposure and, and um, outdoor life that I that I had growing up as a kid. So, uh, so I'm definitely very thankful for that. Mm. Um, but uh, but I do think growing up in a small town comes with its own set of challenges. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's one of those things where there's a there's a very clear expectation of the sort of um, box that you should fit into, you know. Mm. Um, everyone knows everything about you. Um, you know, the scope's very limited. There's not a lot of exposure to, like, uh, different ideas and, you know, different people and that sort of thing. So there's definitely drawback in it. But I, I've learned a lot from it. You know, I'm very thankful for the, I want to say, the, like, handy stuff that I, that I got exposed to and got to learn about. And, uh, and I think it's definitely... Um, you know, giving me a, a bit of a, a different view on life, and it's definitely taught me to to work really hard. You know, that's one thing that uh, that farm life farm life teaches you quickly is that uh, you know everything needs hard graft. Um, right. So it's it's one of the things that I've uh, definitely carried carried throughout my life um, from from that um, sort of background or or, or upbringing. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, a lot of people today um there's there's this whole talk around uh, the the section 25 amendment for the expropriation what is your what is your take about um farming expropriation do you think it's the right mix yeah you just uh, you just go right in there right i uh, i already <laughs> have a lot of people from my hometown that uh, don't like my views on life so you just, you're, putting me in the, you're, you're putting me in the crosshairs on this one okay <laughs> Um, I'm happy to answer. You know what, Tepo? I think it's I think it's one of those things where I don't think it can be answered in a in a in a, a conversation like this. You know, I think there's so much I think there's so much um, so much uh, history and context that needs to be considered. Um, in that, I think the um, I think often the conversation is about whether it's the you know right thing or the right approach, and 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 I feel that that's potentially the the wrong way to look at it. Um, I I think if I had to summarize my my general thoughts on life is that I don't think any um, you know any honest person can can stand up and say that there there wasn't a an element of privilege to you know to growing up in that specific time um, it, even more so if you if you're from a specific background you know if you in my case you know Afrikaans and, and white you know it definitely came with a with a lot of um, I want to say good stuff. Um, you know, and and uh, I mean, guys like me, we didn't choose that. You know, we we sort of carry this this burden around with us. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it's important for a lot of us to admit that. 
And from just a, a pure, you know, approach perspective, I definitely think that there's a lot of um, validity in, in, in wanting to do that. I think it's, uh, it's less about whether it's um, fair or whether it's something that needs to fix the past. Um, and I think it's just about, you know, allowing different people exposure and opportunity. Um, and I think that is, that is not something that needs to necessarily be attached to a specific race or specific cultural background. I think that's just a, a human thing. Um, you know, it's, um, it's like I said earlier, it's such a privilege being, being able to be exposed to that and, and growing up in that way. And, you know, I think food scarcity and just the way the world is going, I think, you know, farming is, is potentially such a powerful vehicle for people to produce their own um, livelihoods and for people to impact, um, you know, communities and, and even the world at large that, I think it would be a really selfish and stupid thing for people to not want to share that. Um, I don't know. Sure. Quite a controversial one. <laughs> but, but I mean... I've, uh, I can I've, tell I've, you, I've been around many flyers where that conversation has not gone down well. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I want to come to, you know, the, the part where you talk about the fires because this has almost become, you know, the, the Jean Raff kind of brand uh, storytelling around fires. Uh, why that connection and and where did it start from storytelling and fire oh that's a it's a, it's a good question it's a it's a pretty personal one as well you know what um i i don't think it uh, i don't think at any level i don't um, believe that i'm necessarily a good storyteller but i i believe in the power of stories you know mm. um i think we i think we've been so uh, desensitized and pushed into a corner in terms of how we live our lives that we, we, we miss just sitting down with people and just hearing them out and just sharing life. Um, for me, it's, uh, it's funny because it's, uh, it's come a long way. Um, I, like I said, I mean, I grew up on the farm and, and one of the, I guess one of my, one of my biggest or, or best childhood memories was um, everything that was, I think, good and that I remember well happened around some sort of a fire. And I think my dad was a little bit obsessed about, uh, you know, fire making. So whenever we had the chance, there was some wood either on a bry or, um, you know, just on an open piece of um, cement. And uh, I just, I remember growing up and just um, having family, having my my dad's friends um, from back in the, you know, back in the army days and just things like that, um, you know, go on around me and, you know, people just sharing life. And, uh, And I think it's just something I've kept. Um, I don't know, there's, uh, there's something profound or, you know, almost, I want to say, representative about the idea of a fire. Mm. Um, you know, when, whenever, you, whenever you find a fire, you find people that are either, you know, having fun or engaging about, you know, hard topics or, you know, sharing life. Um, and I think that's a pretty cool thing for me. So it's, uh, it's something that I'm quite passionate about and, you know, something that I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I want to say, intentional about in, in keeping in my life and, and, and fostering. Um, for my son as well as he grows up. Wow, that's that's beautiful, man. And uh, I mean, you you've told your stories of the bonfire stories in South Africa and overseas. Do you want to tell us how were you received overseas when you started narrating? Why you know <laughs> business analysis and storytelling go together? Oh, brother, <laughs> public speaking, eh? Uh, you know what? That's uh, that's it's um, it's it's been a good journey for me. You know. Yeah. The thing is, I've I've always been a believer that it's it's not about it's not about who's right or wrong. It's about the conversation. And I think when you know when when I initially got into I went into the business analysis space and you know that the sort of um, you know people that move in that area, 
um, a lot of people, you know, came to me and, you know, said that, you know, if you want to, if you want to like, I want to say, I don't want to say get ahead, but, you know, if you want to build a brand or whatever, you need to do public speaking. And I, I was almost a little against it at first, you know, it, it always felt like, um, I don't know, I try and be humble and try and stay in the background as much as I can. And, and to me, it was always this idea of like, you know, me getting up on a stage telling people this specific thing, you know, makes me potentially a little bit of a douchebag, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. almost as if I'm sort of claiming this, um, you know, knowledge space or problem set for myself. Yeah. Um, but I soon re realized that the, the very thing that I appreciated about storytelling was actually what this was all about. You know, it was about um, sharing the stuff that you've been through, sharing the, the insights and the, the learnings that you've had over the years and, and basically engaging with other people and getting their feedback and their opinions and stuff. So, uh, so it's been pretty enjoyable. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've liked it. I, I mean, uh, I, it would be weird for me to tell you I was how I was received. You should probably go ask someone that attended a, a Ryan Pulse or you know someone else. But uh, but I've enjoyed it greatly, and uh, you know I've been very privileged with um, the people that I've met and the friends that I've made through it. Um, mm. And uh, you know for me it's it's all about giving back and, and contributing. Um, there was a point in time when when I was a young you know BA with no bloody clue as to where 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 I'm going and you know what I was about to do. Um, and and having people like you know the Adrian Reed and Joe Newbert and yourself, um, you know, being up on stage and sharing their stories and sharing their, their trials and tribulations, you know, that that teaches one something, and it it also you know inspires you to to be better and to to do more stuff, um, and that's definitely been um, you know something that's that's been powerful for me, and uh, to to be able to continue that as uh, you know as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite powerful because, I mean, even with myself, I remember vividly the year when I decided I wanted to do public speaking. I'm, I'm actually one of the shyest people you'll ever meet. So <laughs> I said to myself, um, I need to set a goal about, you know, getting my public, my, my personal brand out there, as well as, you know, sharing people that are coming up. I mean, we, we actually undermine the amount of war stories accumulate the years that, you know, we think who am I to actually stand in front of people who've been, you know, speaking for many, many years and who have been professionals for many, many seasons. Um, yeah. And and now you, you think with your little story, you can change someone else's life. But I dared myself and I said, you know, in two years, I want to, I want to speak at a, at, a, at an industry conference. And I, I worked backwards to say, where are the conferences where I can actually, and what are the things that they've been talking about? And it was per chance that I actually found out there was a BA summit in South Africa. And guess what? I'm a BA and I was passionate about it. <laughs> and, and I start, and I applied and I think initially when we first applied, it was like a group of us. I, I gathered around a group of uh, BA professionals together and, and I said, guys, the call for papers is out. We all passionate about in this, this industry. Why don't we all apply about the things that we are passionate about? And we brainstormed and we submitted and we, fortunately two of us got called and I've never looked back since. I think this was 2015, thereabouts. Oh, it's a long time ago. It's a long the time ago. The rest is history, as they say. Now you've got your own podcast. <laughs> now uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you, no. if you never dare yourself, that's the thing. If you never dare yourself, that's you'll true. never really that's know so true. Uh, how far you can go. And and I'm pretty proud. I know 
when you started, you used to come and ask for tips and stuff like that. When you exploded on stage, all of us, were, this is what we've always known about you, that you're a deep thinker, you're an empathetic listener, and we're going to deliver. I'm very, very proud of how far you've come. It's high praise, my friend. I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, we, we all do our best. You know, it's, uh, it's about the people around us. I don't think any of us, uh, you know, we get where we are just by our own making. Um, you know, there's that saying, they say you become the average of the people you you spend your life or you spend your time with, you know, and uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been privileged and lucky enough to have some really good people around. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, my friend, let's take a short break here and then come back in a jiffy. Perfect. Welcome back, everyone, to the Turning Points with myself, Tepo, still on the line with John Ruff, all the way from the beautiful Cape Town. John, are you still on the line, brother? Definitely, my friend. Uh, we have nowhere else to be, oh, hey? It's, uh, it's properly locked and loaded, so uh, <laughs> I'm enjo- enjoying this conversation and uh, finally being able to catch up with you a little bit, even if it's on this platform. So, yeah, yeah that, that's, I mean, and let me just pick there. I mean, you're talking about that you have nowhere to go. I mean, what are your... What have you been doing to keep your mental sanity corona period? Because, I mean, it's like 13 days where most people, um, or actually everyone, except the essential services workers and maybe just the occasional running to the shop just to get essentials. How do you keep yourself motivated in this stressful times? It's difficult, right? Um, I don't... Uh, I don't think there's a, there's a script for this. Um, everyone's, I think, struggling with um, with this. I don't know if you can call it a feeling of loss or whatever. It's just a it's a different world. And and I think once we get out of this, I don't think we'll we'll necessarily realize how much has changed. But uh, you know, I'm uh, I want to say I'm I'm lucky in the sense that uh, my my current um, my current role at um, at AWS is keeping me pretty busy. Um, and I have a marauding two and a half year old that uh, if he's uh, you're not not um, jumping on me from behind in uh, in important meetings, he's running around outside trying to um, you know kill one of my Jack Russell. Um, so that's definitely keeping us busy. But uh, um, you know what, we've uh, we sort of just embraced the time together as a family. I think it's um, it's one of the you know one of the, the, the bright sides of of this whole thing. Mm. Um, and I think for me generally, you know, as you know, I'm a big football fan. So, you know, I just, I miss being out on the field and just kicking a ball. Mm. And I'm lucky to have a small little backyard, you know, so I've been doing that and uh, spend the weekend putting up some, uh, you know, um, pull up bars and uh, just, you know, setting up a little bit of a, I want to say training grid in the garage. Okay. And, um, luckily from all, all the years of coaching, I still have um, a lot of the gear, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm trying to uh, to train and to stay in shape, um, and uh, you know, just keep my mind just keep my mind on the right thing. But you know what? It's it's each to his own at this point. So whatever you whatever you need to do to get through this, and uh, you know, grow from this. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a script for this, so we all got to figure it out. All right. Do you think we'll ever be the same beyond you know the lockdown? Um, I'm, I know everyone. I mean, most people are saying this is potentially going to be. Uh, increased or not but do you think beyond the lockdowns this country its people the nature and the world will, will return to a stage of stasis you know what i'd like to um i'd like to make a statement that might not go down that well but i'd like to say that i'll be very sad if it is um, i'd be very sad if things do go back to the way they were um, 
I think there's a lot we can learn as a as a species from this entire thing. Um, and I think this um, lockdown offers uh, offers a time of reflection and, and thinking about the way we live our lives, about the way businesses are run. Um, so I'd be I'd be very concerned if you know life just just kicks back into normal gear after all of this. Um, I'm hoping it it doesn't. Um, I don't know what to expect on the other side of it, but a change you know changes are constant, and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's about what you make of it. And so I, I truly hope that the, the world learns from this. And, you know, when we walk out of this, there's, um, there's, there's some good stuff that, that'll come out of it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I mean, have you had challenges? Uh, Jean, I know you talked about growing up on a farm, uh, moving from you know, Gauteng into the Western Cape. Have you had any personal work challenges currently or in the past? Uh, yeah, I'd like to meet the I'd like to meet the guy who hasn't, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, there's I mean, there's some there's been some stuff. Um, I mean, that uh, it, I think life life is just it's just built that way. Um, you mm. know, it tests your resilience. It throws throws stuff at you. you know, so I've uh, I mean, I've I've definitely been through some some things personally and professionally. But uh, you know, I like to think that we grow from those things, and and even the ones that we don't from, hopefully, you know, they they provide input and and learning into into what not to do in the future. <laughs> right. So, but I mean, out of all the challenges that you faced uh, as John Ruff, which one do you think defines you, the man mm. that you are today? Oh, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a bloody odd question. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I like to think that there's not a single defining moment. I definitely think that, you know, if, there's, uh, if you were to put them on a Richter scale, you know, it's, I think there's definitely ones that, uh, that lift the lid. Um, a little bit more than others. Um, I think there's there's been some. I think there's been three or four specific things in my life over the years that if I had to pinpoint something, I think those would have played a big role. Um, but I think probably one of the biggest things, at least in the I want to say in the last ten years, um, has, uh, has been the loss of my dad. Um, it's yeah, I think it's contributed to. Um, to a lot of the stuff that I've focused on in the last couple of years, I think it was one of the um, one of the really big uh, things that led to me speaking um, speaking publicly and you know sort of taking the storytelling thing to a to a different level um, because it's just something that I that I'm so passionate about you know and, and something that and that was such a core part of my dad. Um, I, I mean I don't want to send this thing out on a tangent, so I, I'll, I'll summarize it pretty quickly. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, 2015 was a pretty rough year for us as a family. Um, I'd been uh, I'd been doing some coaching in Europe. Um, I'd been away from, from home for pretty much just more than a month. Um, my wife had been traveling with a friend, and um, we were pregnant at the time before I went on that trip. Um, and um, all things being equal, um, my my wife got into a situation, and uh, we we lost the baby. Um, and literally after returning from that trip, so it was pretty chaotic. We were both, you know, in different countries and, you know, I had to like take a, a red eye flight from where I was in the time in Amsterdam coaching, coaching seven year olds and, uh, and try and meet up with my wife where she was with a friend. Um, so that was a, that was a pretty challenging time, but coming back from that, you know, you, this idea of it never rains, but it pours. Um, my dad had still, my dad had been living on the farm, um, you know, so he, he wasn't that old, was 56 or 57, and um, unfortunate uh, turn of events um, played out in a way, and um, my dad was uh, shot and killed in a, in a home invasion. 
um, on the farm. And um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that had a, a pretty um, big impact on, on my life and uh, on our family um, for obvious reasons. Um, but I think, I think the, I think the place to where that took me um, has, has made a, a very big difference in the way that I see the world and, you know, in the way that I, I choose to live my life these days. It was, uh, it was a pretty dark time. Um, you know, it's not the sort of thing I necessarily, you know, your listeners don't want to like hear some sad toppy story, you know, but we, we all deal in different ways. And, and I've, I've, I've alluded to the fact that I see the world pretty differently than, um, you know, that I was, than what was expected of me growing up. Um, you know, so coming from a farming community um, where that sort of thing is just, I want to say, par for course, you know, there was a pretty, um, pretty big expectation about the way that I would respond to that and, you know, the way that I would potentially treat other people and see life because of it. And, uh, and it was pretty hard to not go down that route. But, you know, I've, uh, I've always been of the, of the opinion or of the thought that, you know, those, those, those moments are the things that really define who you are and how you see the world. And, uh, you know, one person's actions wouldn't um, force me to change the way that I saw life. Um, literally the, the couple of days after, after we'd gotten the news, you know, I was, um, I was coaching um, football in a, in a local, local township and I had a friend call me up and, um, you know, I want to almost say lambast me for, um, you know, how I could be doing things like this at this time. Um, but my dad was the sort of person that, you know, um, saw the good in other people and, um, you know, believed that everyone deserved the second chance. Mm. And I think the biggest way for me to, um, to you know, celebrate that was to do what I was doing at that point in time. Um, and it's, it's just had an impact on the way that I see life. I'm a dad now, you know, it makes me appreciate the small things in life. It, um, it makes me patient. Um, it's definitely changed the, the way that I see um, small um, you know, I want to say small things that would normally irritate me or would have irritated me before. Um, it's, it's definitely, I think, made me a better human. Um, and it's made me very conscious about the life that I live and the way that I interact with other people. Um, and very aware of the fact that we, we all have a very limited um, scope and a little limited time, um, you know, that we get to, to impact the world around us and impact the people. And I think how you, um, how you live and the decisions that you make resonate um, far beyond, you know, our lives and, and the small little space in which we operate. And I those, think those things are super important, um, you know, to make a part of your life and to be very conscious about. Sure. I'm so sorry, John, about the double tragedy that happened to you. Um, and, but I'm very encouraged by your resilience, the good, good-heartedness that you still possess, uh, despite, you know, the challenges that you, fa- you faced, which defined yeah. your life. And and I wish you more strength. I think, um, yes, uh, we all get a limit. Live your your life well enough. You don't need, you know, an extra day when your time comes. Agreed. Um, <laughs> I just I uh, just realized I shared some really like personal stuff on this podcast. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, we we dealt with a lot of it, and uh, you know, hopefully, there's uh, there's a listener or someone out there that can uh, you know that can take some some positive out of um, out of something like that. Um, I guess the message is, you know, don't let the things that happen to you define you. Let the, let the way that you respond to those things um, define the man you are, the, the woman you are, and, um, you know, yes. and use it to your advantage and, uh, you know, and, and, and have impact. You know, it's my, my thought on that is that we should always give more than we take. And, yeah. you know, and, and things like that that happen to you sort of, um, you know, make you just realize the, the power of living in that way.
are you afraid of anything right now, John? Have you faced all this? So many things, my friend. <laughs> you know what, on a, on a lighter note, just because we've gone into a really dark cave there, you know what, I'm afraid that, that Arsenal won't make it onto the top spot of the Premier League this year because of the lockdown. <laughs> that's just sad but, uh, <laughs> and i can't help you there man <laughs> but no on a on a real on a real level you know i think there's a there's a lot of stuff i, I think um you know um the way i i i'm pretty hard on myself you know so for me i guess failure is is always the back of my mind you know whether that's um whether that's professionally or whether that's on a personal level, you know, being a, being a dad and being a husband. And I think that's something that, uh, that I'm always, I want to say conscious about. Okay. Um, fear is perhaps not the right word there, you know, but it is something that takes up some of my mind space. Um, and I think I'm, uh, if I have to choose, like, I don't know, I don't like the word fear necessarily, but I think if there is something like that, it's, it's that, um, I stay the same. And, and that's a, it's a weird thing to say, you know, but, uh, I never want to, I never want to stay the same. I want to, I want to keep growing and, you know, I want to know that um, whatever happens to me and, you know, the people I interact with and, you know, everyday life um, keeps changing me and keeps molding me and, and hopefully, you know, keeps, keeps making me a better person. Brilliant. Um, I mean, if, if, if by some magic wand we were able to, you know, rewind time and uh, you were to give yourself fresh advice, especially to not just yourself, but other people facing the, the same dark kind of caves, as you said, um, what are the three advisors you would give them about facing dark times and defining moments? Oh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know what? This is this is gonna sound really weird. So I'll I'll give one piece of advice. But the thing is, I I actually I actually believe that I I wouldn't want to go back. Um, okay. I think I think facing things, um, you know, whatever whatever those things entail and whatever they look like to each individual, I think those things make us who we are. Um, and there was definitely a time where you know I I wanted to rewind the clock on a number of things, number of like really stupid things I've done in my life. But I realized in hindsight that. If I had done that, I would never have, you know, learned the things I've learned or become the person I am. So as bad as some of the things are, I think they're, they're defining you who know, you become as a person and I, and I wouldn't want to take those things away. Um, but just as a, I think as a general primate life, I would definitely, you know, tell myself to just, um, and, you know, for those that uh, don't like strong language, now's the time to close your ear. Um, I think I would definitely tell myself to chill the fuck out. Um, mm-hmm. I... Uh, <laughs> I have a tendency to get obsessed about, you know, really stupid things and stress out. And I've realized that there's a lot of stuff you can control. And there's a lot of things in life that you just simply don't have any power over. Okay. Um, so sometimes you just got to, you know, go with the punches. Okay. Um, and the other thing is uh, something that I mentioned just now. It's, uh, you know, it's something that I try and uh, live my life by. But it's, um, it's this idea of just, you know, uh, giving more than you take. Um, and I think that looks different for, for every person. Um, yeah. But I think if, um, you know, if, if that's a, a principle or something that you can, uh, can, can mold or can make part of your life, um, I don't know, you know, depending on what you believe in, um, you know, I'm a, a pretty open on that front, but, uh, you know, it, it sort of speaks to this balance. And I think if you can keep that, that scale, um, you know, tip towards the, the good side of life, then uh, I think at least you, you're making a difference and you're making an impact. Brilliant. Let's take a short break and come back after this. Perfect. Welcome back, everyone. Still on the line, still with John Ruff. John, my man, thank you so much. How, how are you doing? 
Uh, brother, it's a, it's a pleasure. You know what? Um, just chatting offline a bit, you know, I, uh, uh, that, that previous section was, uh, it took me into an interesting tangent and, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't necessarily thinking of sharing that on such a public platform, but uh, it, it speaks to the authenticity of, uh, I think, this conversation and our friendship and, uh, you know, it's, it's good. Um, it's good that we can chat. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here with a really nice uh, glass of uh, Merlot, um, you know, so it's, it's good appreciating life and appreciating good friends. So, uh, you know, let's, let's kick the can. I mean, you in you at the mecca of some of the best wines in the world in Cape Town. I'm sure you you savoring just the best kind of sips. You know what? I'm uh, I'm uh, at the heart. I'm still a business analyst, my friend. So it's about <laughs> value for money, and it's about you know <laughs> in, inherent inherent value. So, yeah, uh, sure. I don't necessarily but partake in the expensive things, but uh, you know, I like a I like a nice red wine. Brilliant. Um, so. Do you like music at all? And if you do, what uh, have yeah. you been playing the, in the past week? Ooh, Ooh that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like music. Um, I um, it's a weird one, eh? I my music taste is um, it's I want to say pretty limited, um, okay. and it cha- it changes the stuff I listen to depends on the mood I'm in. Um, it also depends on the I guess the sort of work I'm doing. Um, when I'm when I'm into some like deep stuff that I need to really think about and concentrate, uh, you know, I, I like a good little, a good little bit of EDM and um, some nice deep house music. Mm. Um, but you know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a hip hop hip hop kid. Um, you know, uh, I've I've been for a very long time. So you when you pull up my playlist, um, it's it's not very. Um, I want to say it's it's pretty parental advisory. Um, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm into a lot of the old stuff. So yeah, last couple of days, it's uh, it's been it's been old. It's been uh, it's been Tupac Machiavelli. Really, um, that album yeah. is classic. Yeah, that album. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I uh, I like to I like to listen to a couple of songs on repeat when I'm you know when I'm doing some deep work. Yeah. Um, one of the songs that I uh, fell in love with hip hop with was a is a song by Tupac called. Um, there's two. There's two actually. Um, there's, uh, I think it's just called Mama, and then the one that's like really gets to me is the Ghetto Gospel. The Ghetto Gospel. Those who wish to follow me, my Ghetto Gospel, I welcome with my hands, and the red sun sinks at last into the hills of gold. Young warrior Without the sound of guns If I could recollect Before my hood days I sit and reminisce Thinking of bliss of the good days I stop and stare at the younger My heart goes to them They test it with stress that they under And nowadays things change Everyone's ashamed of the youth Cause the truth look strange And for me it's reversed We left them a world that's cursed And it hurts Cause any day they'll push the button And all good men like Malcolm X and Bobby Hutton die for nothing Don't it make it get teary, the world looks dreary When you wipe your eyes, see it clearly There's no need for you to fear me If you take your time to hear me, maybe you can learn to cheer me It ain't about black or white cause we're human I always see the light before it's ruined My ghetto gospel Those you wish to follow me I welcome with my hands And the red 
to her Baby, I don't trip and let her fade me From out of the frying pan We jump into another form of slavery Even now I get discouraged Wonder if they take it all back While I still keep the courage I refuse to be a role model I say ghosts take control Drink out my own bottles I make mistakes but learn from everyone And when it's said and done I bet this brother be a better one If I upset you don't stress Never forget that God hasn't finished with me yet I feel his hand on my brain when I write wrongs I go blind and let the Lord do his thing But I'm a less holy cause I choose to pump a blunt And drink a beer with my homies Before we find world peace We gotta find peace and in the war in the streets My ghetto gospel Actually, just this very day, I was talking to another friend of mine, Manza. Uh, shout out, Manza. And we, I, I sent him a clip of Tupac talking about you can't trust nobody. And he said, uh, and he sent me a link to an iTunes uh, for, uh, song of Tupac, uh, uh, Until the End of Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm one. like, oh, man. I mean, I lo- I've loved that song since the time that it's dropped, even to this very day. I still pump that song and the ghetto gospel and especially the Machiavelli seven day theory album is classic. Classic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the classics. Um, I think until the end of time was actually on, on one of his post humorous albums, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I think it came out yes. like a couple of years after his death. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Um, I think, I think yeah. they, they'd done some of the recordings before, um, you know, before the whole, um, before the whole incident, but uh, I think it only came out like, couple of years later so yeah good yeah. stuff that you know i'm a, like i said i'm a bit of a paradox you know why yeah. can't I get this? But, uh, <laughs> that's my vibe <laughs> why why tupac why why tupac and why ghetto gospel <clears throat> it's interesting you know what i it's i think there's some 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 songs and some music that just makes you connect with with people and with a, i don't know maybe a specific time or a specific situation um i I'm trying to think back when when it when I actually heard the song the first time. I think it was probably somewhere in the I got into I got into hip hop somewhere in the like late nineties, I think. Um, okay. I'm not entirely sure when I heard the song the first time. But I don't know. There's just something about me. There's just something about the um the rawness of it. And uh, and Tupac to me, you know, it's uh, I know a lot of people have opinions around it, but I think he was a, I think he was a front he was on the front front lines in terms of you know telling story and and it comes back to you know this idea of sharing life 
Um, and that's the one thing I appreciate about hip hop, you know, it's, it's about people sharing these days, not so much, you know, all these little, um, I want to say all these young, you know, mumble rappers, they don't have much to say, but the, you know, the old school guys, they still had a story to tell and they still had, had life to share. Um, and there's just something uh, emotional and I don't know, authentic about that track. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, um, especially the guys listening, uh, such a such a good track, and I think the video is on YouTube, and it's actually pretty powerful as well. So it's uh, very true. yeah, I like that. Cool. Um, so on the song on the on the on the podcast, we have a feature called the random question. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't like random questions. <laughs> It's so done, it could be sounds scary. <laughs> well, I mean, the 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 boogie, or, or actually the the primer for it is that you can choose to answer it or not, uh, or okay. pass. So no questions right. asked, uh, and say pass or decide to answer it. Um, well, so you you've put me in the crosshairs already on this one, right? So I'm sure whatever you ask me next is not gonna is not gonna worsen that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's your random question: Did you did you flee from Joburg because of crime to go to Cape Town? Oh hell no, <laughs> no, no, okay. luckily not. No, I'm not one of those people. No, you know what? I was. Um, I think it was just. Uh, it was. It was just that time. You know, sometimes you just need need a change of scenery. Mm. Um, it had come at the end of some of the stuff I shared earlier, you know, so for us, it was, uh, it was just turning a page and, you know, opening up a new chapter. Right. Um, I was offered a really good opportunity to, um, to get into FinTech, um, you know, with, uh, with SAP at the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the rewarding way to pay, you know, if you don't have it, go download it. Um, still, still good friends and still family over there, but, uh, yeah, so it, it was a lot of that and, uh, you know, at the time we were pregnant and uh, it just felt that they're like the, the right lifestyle choice for us. Um, you know, Cape Town's a beautiful city. Um, it's, it's a little bit more eclectic in, in terms of exposure to different cultures and, you know, different socioeconomic um, environments and stuff. And that's something that I, I really want for my son. Mm. Um, you know, so it's a lot of those things played into the decision. Um, and then obviously, as I mentioned, you know, the, the bloody good red wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, you've made a good choice. Um, yeah. So who's in your black book? Uh, do you have a black Ooh, book? The black book. Yeah. Uh, the, the good kind or the bad kind? The, 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 the people the, I don't call or, or the ones I call? <laughs> the one that you, you want to save, you know, the ones that you would really like to keep there. Very good people. Mm, yeah, that, I, think that's, I think it's actually a pretty long list. That, um I uh, I'd like to, as weird as this sounds, it's uh, I'd like to definitely put my wife in there. Um, mm. You know, she's uh, uh, you know at best at the best of times we want to murder each other, but um, you know she's probably my biggest fan, and um, she's she's the one person that you know calls me out on my shit and keeps me keeps me on track and keeps me humble. Um, but I've got a couple of um, really really good friends from um, you know from uni days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and probably the only remaining friends from uh, from my school days, um, my my brother Yanku, um, you know he's uh, living living up in Namibia now, you know also doing his own thing. Um, so I've uh, I've been lucky to have some some really good people, a small group of good people, but some really good and honest people around me through the years, um, you know, and uh, it's the sort of people that will uh, will speak truth into your life, and uh, you yeah. know they'll make sure. To, uh, to call you out when you're when you're you know turning into a bit of an asshole, and I, I think that's always a, a good sign for someone that you want in that book. <laughs> yeah, true, very true. 
All right. Um, where can people find you on socials? Are you on social Ooh. media? Yeah, it was like a loaded question that I'm not sure, you know, people should be finding me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I'm, I'm on the you. socials. Yeah. I'm on the socials. Um, you know, I, I guess it depends um, contextually. You know, I'm on LinkedIn if you if you want to reach out professionally and uh, get in touch. Um, but uh, I, I think my preferred platform is, is probably Twitter. Um, okay. I keep Instagram for like more personal stuff. So, uh, you know, I've got a, I don't have a public profile. Um, so you'll you'll be able to find me on Twitter. Um, it's my surname, so it's Ra, um, and then E L. It's a bit of a wordplay, so uh, it's R double A T H E L Rattle. Um, so it's uh, it's actually a badger. In Afrikaans, there's an animal called the Rattle. Um, oh, okay. uh, yeah, my my surname's Rat, um, so a bit of wordplay that. But uh, but I'm sure you'll share it in the in the show notes as well. So yeah, reach out to me. I'm always up for a, a good cup of coffee or a nice conversation. Yeah. Um, and wherever there's a fire, I'm happy to go. So, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to connect with, with, with the people on your podcast. Brilliant. Thank you so much, uh, Jean, for spending an hour with us. Uh, we definitely... Oh, dude, it's you. been a blast, day. Eh? <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, for, those, for those fans of this podcast, you know, Tepo is one of those, like, just real people. Yeah. Um, we've been we've been good friends for many years, and uh, you know I I just I value people that I can just be honest with, and you know what you see is what you get. Um, yeah, my friend, and and you're one of those people. So I have a massive appreciation for you as a person, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's been a blast spending this time with you, and you know sharing a little bit uh, of my life, um, maybe sharing a little bit more than I intended to, <laughs> but uh, but it's been good, and uh, thanks thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the other people that you get on this, and hopefully this conversation grows. They they will definitely. I think uh, we have a strong lineup that is still coming. Um, we we keep on iterating the show just to make sure that it, it has mass appeal and the stories are as authentic as possible, and that uh, you know we 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 are as South African as we can get. So thank you so much for that. Uh, you must pass my, my, my thanks to the family because I know I've taken an hour out of their time that you could have spent with them and you spend it with us. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, my friend. Cool, man. Have a good one, bro. Cheers. Bye-bye. Remember, you can also be a part of the show by sending us your comments via voice notes or emailing us at the turning points podcast at gmail.com. The turning points podcast at gmail.com.